fancy. This is the first time we have this, like, <laughs> actual headphones. Oh, yeah, that's helpful. That's helpful. Check, 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 check. That's hot. Check, check, check. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Okay. Mm. My little notes here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. How long will you turn? We're continuing to collect stories of those who've walked through a season or seasons of grief, but I've actually found it pretty refreshing to see God's presence amidst really difficult storylines, and then also kind of have a deep dive on how people have continued to live with the longing and the grief that doesn't go away, but there's a life that's built around it in a really beautiful way. Yeah, and we're excited uh, this morning that we have Karen Washburn uh, with us. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thank good, you. Good, good. Yeah. I'm excited to have Karen on. I'll give a little background. We, uh, when everything shut down in 2020, you know, March or whenever that was, one of the ideas we had was like, oh, we should try to do a Zoom Bible study for people. Just they can do it during lunch, hop on, hop off, come, you know, you know, make it super low key. They, you know, they don't have to come every time. It doesn't, you know, it can be pretty easy on and off. And so we started that back in, you know, March or whatever of April 2020. And we kind of went through the uh, the shelter in place season and got into the summer and we, uh, we just kept rolling. So, um, I have about five or six, uh, people and Karen is one of them, uh, that still get on every, we minimize it to two times a week. We were initially doing three times a week. Um, and, uh, so we get on at 11 AM now, 11 to kind of 1145. And we, now we've got to the point where we just read the Bible. <laughs> where are you so at? In we your- are Second Kings. Yes. You, and usually I have the like starting chapter wrong. And so I'm like, Karen, is it? What you Because <laughs> Karen always faithfully. <laughs> I think. I'm a note taker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So she always helps yeah. make sure we start on the right chapter. I think once or twice we've uh, reread the last chapter we read last time. And it's like halfway through, you're like, oh, well. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it's exciting to have Karen on here. But getting um, through the Pentateuch. Sorry. Getting through yeah, the Pentateuch ahead. is an accomplishment. Oh yeah, man. We, 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 we cruised right through it, man. Yeah. Cruised right through it. So, um, yeah, we're in second Kings starting in Genesis one, one, and, uh, we're just going to keep reading. So anyway, so Karen's been a part of that, uh, this entire time. And so excited to have her on the podcast this morning. Um, we, as Caroline, as you said, we've been doing this, uh, grief and death and dying series. And, um, Karen, after had you know listening to, I think you've said you've even listened to all the podcasts. Is that I right? have. I've listened yeah, to everyone, which is yeah. amazing. <laughs> uh, but in specific, the current one we're in this uh, death and grief series. Um, you sent me an email, just kind of uh, 
articulating some of the losses you've experienced over your life. And so um, one of the things I was curious to hear from you, maybe even more extended, is what was that transition for you of hearing the podcast, hearing other people share their losses to, I need to, I need to write something to someone so they can, you know, understand some of my losses too. I'd love to hear like what was going on in your head and your heart as you're like, I'm going to the computer, I'm going to put this out, send this off to Johnny. Um, and so for me, when I read it, I was just so moved by what you shared and said to Caroline almost right away, like, we got a, we got another one on hand <laughs> if she's willing to, to hop on the podcast. So anyways. And it's a different thing to write it out and to come and talk about it real time. So thank you for that jump. That's a courageous <laughs> jump. So. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. And so I'd love to hear, you know, just a little bit, uh, Karen, just what was in your head and heart at the time where you're like, I'm going to type some of this stuff out, send it off to Johnny. Um, what was going on in your head and heart as you were listening to the podcast and then tr transitioning to sending the email? Well, I think it was between, um, you know, listening to the last one on, on grief and and then also um, Pastor Gerald's sermon on January 16th, the joy mm. of grief. And there is joy mm. in grief. Mm. And um, I don't know, I, I, just, I just sat down and decided I need to put it on paper. And I tend to be, I, I tend to journal. It's how I respond to something and um, uh, to do something with what's in my head and, yeah. and to put it into into writing. And then I just send it off to you. So <laughs> that's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's I, I'm, I appreciate you connecting that to Gerald's sermon mm -hmm. um, because I think uh, I have been making those similar connections with his sermons and the series we've been, we've been doing. And um, yeah, it was his first couple sermons in this joy series. Correct. Ironically, right? Right. Joy in the midst of a loss and suffering and, and death in specific. And so that's interesting, you know, to hear that you, that, that also was kind of what God was using, you know. Right, yes. So that's cool. Um, I'm going to, if it's okay, read through just a little bit of the actual specific losses um, that you have experienced that you shared with me. Um, and then... Uh, to just give people kind of the framework of what was going on in your head, okay. you know, in your heart. And then, um, and then we can kind of get into um, whatever specific ones you want, you know, a little bit. Um, but you said here, in my years of life on earth, I've experienced many losses. The first one you shared was the death of my 12-year-old sister. You were six. Right. Home burning down when you were nine, death of my 45-year-old mom when you were 20, death of your 27-year-old sister when you were 26, the death of your 62-year-old dad when you were 28. And so at this point, I mean, you're 28 years old, right, and had lost a little sister, a home, a mom and dad, and another sister. Correct. It's a lot of loss by 28. Um, and then the last thing you talked about was the death of a 22-year marriage when you were 47. Um, and so, as people who are probably listening to this may imagine, when I was reading through this, I was, it was heavy, right? And I was feeling for you, and, and I just was so excited to have you share a little bit more with us. Obviously, we won't be able to like dive into all the specifics of each of these uh, people, but I wonder, 
Can you just give us a little bit of the family dynamics um, with the family you grew up with, your mom, mm-hmm. your dad? Uh, you talked about losing your two sisters. Maybe share a little bit about your sisters and were they o- your only siblings? Um, and you were you, as I'm reading it, were you the youngest? No, I was the youngest girl in the family. Okay, so youngest. there were five of us. And okay. um, so four girls and I have a brother that's mm-hmm. younger than I am. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's it's been tough, but... It, it's many blessings that have mm. resulted from all of that. And I think that's what I really want to share is the mm. hope. Mm. And I grew up in a Christian family. Okay. And um, uh, we lived in, in, the, in the country. We had, mm. a, we had a farm, like a 150-acre farm. In, Where? And, um, in Orangeville, New York. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's um, in the Buffalo area. But, yeah. Um, not far from Attica, New York. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we, uh, you know, our our farm was a place for, you know, my mother was the thirteenth child, and so wow. a lot of a lot of aunts and uncles would always mm. come to the farm and weekends. So it was always a busy place and a very joyful place. And um, um, so I have, I mean, you know, my younger years were just really a delight. I mm. mean, it was just uh, very um, very warm and um, family oriented, and. Um, and my, you know, my 12-year-old sister died, like I said, when I was six. And what was hard with that was, uh, for me, was I was, at that time in the 1950s, you, you know, you lay, the person is laid out in your home, mm. and so that was difficult, um, where people were coming to to pay their respect, and um, and I just remember coming down at night and just sitting with my sister Gloria, and um, mm. uh, just kind of just this mysterious death, what is that all wow. about? And yeah. not really understanding that. But um, I think the, you know, um, when my, my our house burnt down, um, I was nine, I was in fourth grade, and um, um, I won't get into all the details, but we were just coming home from school, and um, we were on the bus when the house was in flames. My dad was back in the sugar shanty, and... Um, my grandfather was there. He was 86, and he was um, climbing the ladder to try to put the fire out. My mom was at work, mm-hmm. and my my um, Joan, my second oldest sister, she was the one that she was. She walked home. Um, the bus driver had let her out at the. It was a country block, and instead of going around <laughs> yeah. the country block, she they let her you know walk home, which was a real blessing because. She was able to get my grandfather down from the ladder and call the fire department. But we did lose our home. Wow. And, um, but as I reflect back on that, that was a blessing, too, in so many ways. Um, sounds strange, but it mm. really was. My dad was running the farm, and he was, had rheumatoid arthritis that was developing, and, um, which then resulted us moving into the village. And, oh, wow. Um, in the village of Attica, and then he was able to get a job at the um, at the prison, you know, a state job. So, in all essence, that I mean, that just was probably a blessing in so many ways. So, the farm business, he sold. He sold. Wow. Yes. So yep. that was not even just the house loss of the house, but a total shift for him. A shift, yeah, and, and a was shift that, for the whole fa- the family too. I was going to say, was it a family business? Did he start the farm, or was it his father's farm? No, that was um, it was given by my great grandfather. He had a farm up up the road, and yeah. there was a whole parcel of land that he had split amongst the the children. Yeah, and wow. so my grandfather had that farm, and then that's where we were. Yeah, 
So. Wow. But then we shifted from moving from the country into the village, which was uh, which mm-hmm. was difficult too. Yeah. What was that like? It was hard <laughs> because <laughs> I was a real country girl. I mean, I just enjoyed you know the farming and and being in the country and having the land and everything. And here, you're now in in, in the village. So. Mm. Yeah, and can you uh, describe just a little bit more going back to your just thinking of these first two situations with the house and your sister? Um, can you explain the situations that happened around her death? Is that something you My feel? My sister Gloria, um, yeah. she, like living in the farm that we had like two big porches off the side. It's one of those old, you know, the old farmhouses. And um, she was very particular and she didn't like flies. And so at, back in the day, she would use the spray to, it was one of those can sprays, and to spray to get rid of the flies. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is what we're assuming, that she had, um, like, toxic hepatitis as a result of ingesting um, oh, some wow. of the fumes mm-hmm. from that. Wow. And um, it was a very sudden death that we didn't know. I mean, it was she became sick, like, the beginning of December, and she actually died the day after Christmas. Wow. Wow. So it was just a very tragic death, mm. and um, but she had apparently had inhaled um, some fumes that she yeah. shouldn't have. Okay. And mm. wow, wow. Um, you know, with the shift in um, the loss of the house, loss of business, and do you remember how your dad? Do you remember like kind of watching your dad, and was that hard on your dad, or how dad did he process a, those losses, yeah. or? My dad was a very gentle soul. He mm. just adapted. My mom was a strong person in the family, and and um, he, um, um, my mom and dad were very close, and they, um, 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 you know, they just knew that they had to go on, and and um, he was able to, like I said, um, be able to get a state job and and work at the prison then. Yeah, you know, some sometimes I think. In the early childhood losses, you're not only processing, you're trying, or sometimes it's hard to even know, like as a little kid, what you're processing. Yeah. But you're absorbing everyone else processing it. You know, you take in so much of how other people respond. And were there any family members that, like, you, there were specific, whether they comforted you or they, maybe they were, it was harder on them in specific ways? Are there, sp- specific responses by other family members that you remember in the loss of your sister? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it, it, with the loss of Gloria, my mom and dad was very difficult. And mm-hmm. they, they um, um, I mean, I just, I feel that they drew closer, closer together. Wow. And, and um, um, our extended family, too, the aunts and uncles. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, and the support we had from the community, too, was just yeah. quite amazing. Wow. But, um when I when there is a loss, one of the things that I tend to do is I go out by myself, mm. and um, and I put things on paper. So that's how I kind of handle them. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was started even at age nine. It you was, were writing. I was. I I did write a book. Um, uh, I wrote it for my wow. for my sons eventually, but I wrote a book about that um, that whole experience. Wow. And. Um, you know, I called it the monster. The, it was a grandfather's, uh, the monster in grandfather's houses. I think was the name of it. Mm-hmm. But because uh, the monster was the furnace that that started the that fire. started the fire. Oh. So, um, um, 
but that's how I tend to handle things, <laughs> good or bad, but that's how I do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, like, boxes and boxes of journals throughout your years? Uh, well, <laughs> I do have journals, but I also, um, I try to, like what I've been doing now, I, I'm taking, you know, pictures and making, having some meaning from it so I can pass it on to the grandsons. But, um, yeah, I do try to to write my thoughts down. It's so fun. From, like when I hear of somebody who has chronicled their lives, both like high and low moments, but chronicled their lives throughout the years, it's like such a gift. It's like a symbol of a reflected on life, but also like how much can be shared with others. Not just like this was my experience, but this is – the wisdom I've I've found in the ash. Correct. What you've learned from it, exactly. So beautiful. I feel like, uh, even in my own life, I'm in a phase of trying to understand better my parents' uh, life. And and so I'm wondering, I'll share a little bit, but I think where I'm going is like how, when you talked about sharing some of this with your, your sons, like I'm curious, like how much of this do they understand of your life and some of the things mm. you've been through and so we'll um we'll get to that in a minute I'll, I'll say um my mom and I just even recently had a conversation um and one of the things I I said to her was like you were you were just sort of in this like season of life like you were in survival mode and like when I said that to her she was like that would like really resonated with her because she was like yes you know and then she texted me back later but she you know in a similar posture you have, she's just like, but Jesus was with me the whole time. Jesus is with me the whole time. Um, but she's like, yes, I was. I was in survival mode. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's still, like, more we haven't talked about. Um, but um, it's just as interesting, you know, I think I'm in a phase of life where I c- it's one thing to know your parents, know details of your parents' story, but then you've got to kind of go through struggles yourself in your own adult life to kind of appreciate the struggles that your parents had must have been going through while they were raising you, me, right? And so when I think of like my parents' challenges in their lives just in isolation, um, we can become very like, well, they could have overcome, they should have done this, they should have done that. But then when I compare it to like my own struggles and where I fail, (laughs) it's like, okay, um, well, no wonder that, so no wonder that, right? And so Christine and I have just been talking about it so much right now, um, just about the challenges our parents came into um, because they both, both sets became Christians as adults okay. and uh, came with a variety of challenges in their lives into the faith. And so we're at a place now where we're really kind of appreciating the challenges they faced and... and um, so I'm curious now, um, that's very much on my mind and heart in this kind of season of life right now. Um, and so much I don't have access to, to um, I didn't grow up with my biological dad, but the dad I grew up with, um, I have like, he passed away, you know, I've shared services um, when I was 19. And so it's like I have zero access to so much of his story because my mom doesn't even really know so much of his childhood. Right. She's only inferring on some things she, you know, she pieces together herself. And so to your point about like having stuff written down that's like you can continue to learn. And so um, some of that 
I don't have any access, I'll never have access to, right. you know? So I'm curious, you know, it seems like you've done some things to intentionally kind of share with your children, writing some things down. Um, how much do you feel like that's a live conversation for you and your boys of just some of these challenges that you've endured? I think they've seen the results of some of those, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You know, is the, like the loss of the fire or the loss of the home in the fire. It was, I've become, I mean, they see the result of that because I tend to be very, um, mm. um, you know, check things and making sure <laughs> yeah. things are turned off and, yeah, yeah. and because of, of that. And, um, but I think telling stories are so important. Mm. Um, when COVID started, I, I, you know, I was isolated and uh, wasn't seeing the, you know, the family, the grandsons. So I then decided to write my story, you know, wow. because my grandsons live here. Um, you know, relatives are all back in New York, and they don't they don't know them. Mm. I I grew up with cousins, lot, lots of them, and I just feel sad that they're missing that part of their life. So I sat down and did a book about you know my parents and my siblings, and um, and the, my two siblings that are still alive. I checked to make sure that the information is correct. <laughs> but um, so I that I have a book for them on that. Wow. And then um, these last two weeks, because of um, COVID again, I've been, I, I haven't, I wasn't with the grandchildren again for a couple weeks. And so I started, um, I, I did a book on um, family members in my family that had been in the military and, um, and did a great deal of research on that and have written that, you know, that story. So that's completed. Wow. And my next one is that we always had a family reunion on my mom's side since, you know, 1945. And I've, I'm doing that story now, writing a book on, you know, the family reunion and um, to pass that on. So yeah. I think stories are very important for, um, I like to read, I like reading biographies and autobiographies yeah. because I learn from what, how other people have handled yeah. life and how, you know, I'm curious, is there ever space, in, like how often are you writing about what's happening in real time? Or is it mm, mostly like after processing, you can put it on paper? It's usually after processing, okay. putting it on paper. And you're more internal processing? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm really just thinking, and it's not, one of the things I love about the podcast um, is we always start with, a story or a thought and like stuff comes up that is like is not new but it's just so interesting to process and so I'm really thinking through right now um the idea of how important our stories are and it's no no new concept obviously <laughs> um but I do think it it actually does take effort you know because one you have to like just take the discipline to sit down and write right. but then you got to be willing to to think about um, some of the hardships, mm -hmm. you know, and go back and, and, and share stuff. And I just think it's so important um, as we interact in families to, to like, grant stories. Um, I think as children, it's so easy to look at your parents as just... Um, I don't even know what the right category would be, but they they don't get the they don't get the gift of story, like they're just kind of this static th person that like 
met our needs or didn't meet our needs. And like we don't grant them the complexity of what they're kind of struggling through day to day. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just new. Not, I mean, I think I could have articulated that, I should say. I think I could have articulated that mm-hmm. prior, but just it feels... Uh, it's like so simple, it's profound. Yeah, yeah. And, and it feels just in this phase of life, I am uh, just turned 40 this year, and I th- partly because my kids are now older, and so now it's not just, I'm not so consumed with like getting like the them, family. like wiping their bottoms, <laughs> you know, right. and like pulling their pants up. And like now I'm like, I'm, ha- I'm lifetime processing, like as they move on in their lives, like how are they processing me right. and, and Christine? Right. And so I can't help but then process like, you know, and then want to give that much more grace. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I'm just really appreciating just this part of the conversation of how important it is um, in our losses to document this. And I think even what's cool is doing this for the church family. Right. You know, the church family is such an important part of our great. our formation and our thriving. And um, and so I just think it's great that you, you're sharing this with us and you took the time to do this. And, and I think one of the, the beautiful things that you had written here is, and you've kind of um, referenced this already, but just the way that um, God brought you through so much. Yeah, my mom's death was um, was quite amazing. Just how how she handled all of the pain and suffering that she was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God has given her the gift of being very strong and and had a deep faith in Him. And um, um, the last week, of her time on earth, she uh, I was with her. I was you know in college and came home, and she was. Um, we brought her back from the hospital because they couldn't do anything more. And this was in the 60s. Huh. And um, um, she had cancer. And um, so it was a Thursday evening. She had been in a coma. We had, you know, around the clock we were staying with her. And um, Thursday night I was with her, and um, she came out of the coma, and she asked if I would get everybody home and I my two sisters were married so I called them and you know everybody came home and then she just said I would really want to talk to each one of you individually mm. which is what oh, she wow. did the strength that she had that God wow. gave her was quite amazing and um, so she talked with each one of us individually and then she talked with my dad and and um, um, as I said in earlier that they mm. they had a strong relationship and and you know, she gave him permission to, you know, if we find another woman, feel free. I mean, what, that would be something my dad would never do, <laughs> but she gave him that permission. And you know, with me, I, you know, she just said, "I know you want to be a teacher," and you know, I wish I could be there and see mm-hmm. that. But wow. um, so it was just very strong. And and then we we prayed, and when we said Amen, she went back into the coma and. Um, um, and she did indicate that she would she will be gone very soon, and then two days later um, I was with her and she um, um, she had this necklace on and she just asked if I could take that off and and she passed away. Mm. But if for me it was it was such a gift that she gave me and um, uh, I could just see God there. I mean Jesus was there with us mm. the whole time and just it was just very powerful. And um, I've been following the Lord, but that just totally deepened my faith. 
and um, I'm forever grateful for that experience. Yeah, yeah, and you, so you lost your mom uh, when you were 20. Yeah. And then your dad um, at 28. Um, and so we're skipping over your sisters, but first for a minute for, to just think about your parents. I mean, uh, so at 28 years old, with a lot of life ahead of you, you know, the mm-hmm. loss of both parents. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, you know, perceive yourself? I mean, so when did you, how old were you got married and how old were your kids at that? I was, um, I was 25 when I got married. So you'd only been married three years, three years. Mm-hmm. when you lost both parents then. Mm-hmm. And any children at this point? Yes, I had, okay. um, yeah, I had Jonathan at, um, um, and, and he had, I had him when um, Barbie had, di- my sister Barbie had died, and, and I had, okay, wow. yeah, I had, um, I was pregnant with, with um, Jonathan at that time. Wow. And, um, and then my son Jason was born um, uh, three weeks before my dad died. Oh, wow. And um, I'm also, I mean, there was a blessing there, too, because I had some difficulty with the second birth and um, second child and had to go back into the hospital. And I uh, had just come home, and my dad wanted to come over and see him, and I really was exhausted and just mm. didn't, did not want any visitors. But I finally, you know, I was convinced that I should have him, you know, come over. And, and I'm so thankful that I did because um, he wouldn't have never met him. Mm. And he had passed away and was suddenly, he had a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, my dad really died my mom died it was difficult Mm. for him wow um he was very close they were very close and he just just couldn't see life without her and so that was a very difficult time um like i said when my mom died i was in college and there were some moments and and i i have to admit that i probably lost a little respect for my dad at that time because i just like wanting him to be strong Mm. and he just wasn't able to Wow. But then when I lost my marriage, I was able to go back to that <laughs> thought yeah. and understood yeah. my dad mm. for the first time. Wow. And um, that was powerful for me, too. Wow. And, you know, I had, you know, that, the compassion and understood what he went through. And, but that was many years later. So. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because that's precisely what I was kind of referring to earlier, is mm-hmm. just how when you go through your own struggles as an adult, it allows you to reframe the struggles your parents went through. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how did you, you know, so what I was thinking about earlier is this idea that, you know, at 28 years old, you now have lost both parents and are like beginning a journey of marriage and children. Motherhood, yeah. Yeah, motherhood. You know, I... There's moments, I mean, I was angry because I, I you know, I, friends who had moms and dads around and I did not. And, um, uh, but I just basically, um, I, I don't know, I just, I, I just go back to God's strength. I mean, just helping me through this. Mm. And um, um, family was important and um, just trying to continue on. Can I ask a very specific question? Because I'm hearing you 
feeling God's presence through all these like profound losses on in key moments of your story. Like you're a couple weeks postpartum and you have to go back to the hospital. And in that time, your dad comes and then you, and he's gone a couple weeks, did you say, or months later? No, it was just three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. Um, how, I guess I'm like listening, thinking, how did, did you feel God's presence in real time? Or is that something that you feel as you kind of relive in your mind's eye and you're like, oh, I was held. Or while you're living it, you're like, I have a peace right now. I had a peace right then. I mean, I really did. I just, it was hard. I mean, I remember um, um, being exhausted, as you well know, after, you know, you have a, my, my children were just 18 months apart. So you had a child a year and a half and then a newborn and then I had gone back into the hospital. So it was very difficult. But I really felt, um, God walking with me at that time. Um, um, but then as I reflect back, I realized how important it was that um, my dad was, um, that I was able to, my dad was able to see my son. loss of your first sister, you're six years old. The loss of your second sister, you're 26 years old. Mm -hmm. And so like, what are the, obviously those are very different experiences, you know, and have you ever like compared the two? And what were, were there similarities between no. the two of how you grieved or how you processed? No, with, with Barbie, the like I said, I was 28. I was teaching at the time, and um, I was teaching in Attica, uh, living okay. in East Aurora, New York. So I was, you know, I had a drive. But then I, she was in the hospital in Warsaw, which was about 10 miles from, from Attica. So I would drive, I would drive, um, 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 I would drive east to see her and then drive west to go home. And that was my routine at that time. And... Um, um, and she was in the hospital for a long time. She was a diabetic and um, um, severe diabetic, and so she had, you know, kidney failure. Okay. But um, uh, we would spend time just talking about motherhood. We would talk about life. Um, it was just very precious time. I did not have that experience with my sister Gloria mm. because, I mean, we were, she was 12 and I was 6. Yeah, of course. And um, so, but... Um, and I don't have a lot of memories with, uh, with her. I remember her death. That was more powerful yeah, because, right. and because she was laid out in the home. I, you know, was just trying to understand it all. Yeah. But um, with Barbie, it was more um, on a daily basis. I would see her, and um, spend time with her. Yeah. How many years older was she? She was only a year and a half older than me. Wow. Yeah. 
talk about like the close spread. Your boys, right. you said, right, eighteen months difference, yeah, we but your your part in school and oh. um, um, just a beautiful person who um, um, loved life and um, um, she was very different than I was, but we we shared a lot of wonderful wonderful memories. She was in the hospital for a while. She Did was. it seem mm-hmm. like it was? I imagine it wasn't as sudden as like your father. No, it wasn't. Um, how is was grieving different with those two experiences, like the sudden versus kind of the slower realization of what's happening? Very different. Um, you know, with my dad, there were so many things I would want to have to talk with him about. And um, um, with my sister, Barb, we had that opportunity to and, um, um, spend time with her and talking about... Um, um, family talking about life and and um yeah with barbie i <laughs> it just um just a very special person and i just um miss her today hmm. um yeah hmm. um what do you feel when you think of karen washburn um, and what do you think of her <laughs> uh, as she's been shaped by these losses? Wow. You're deeping, going deep down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's helped me in many ways, but yeah, I've also, um, I've kind of, well, as Pastor Gerald said, <laughs> you kind of like, uh, um, you take your grief and you suppress it, mm. and you don't bring it out. Mm. Um, it's difficult to talk about it. Yeah. It just, it's difficult. Um, you know, family's important to me. Um, you know, um, uh, just, you know, you just wish you could spend time with them, and um, um, well, yeah. it's hard. Yeah, and I think the ongoing identity shaping major losses like this has on us. Mm -hmm. I've shared this before in the podcast, uh, so maybe you've heard this, but uh, Nicholas Wolterstorff, who lost uh, his adult son to a climbing accident, you know, Mm -hmm. talks about, Mm -hmm. like, I'm no longer just Nicholas. I'm Nicholas who's lost his son. Right. You know, and so that just, I think that is really healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think the point he was making, I read this years ago, uh, but I think the point he was making um, was that if this person was worth celebrating alive, they're worth celebrating in their death. And mm-hmm. so uh, they're still worth remembering, and they do shape who we be. The loss of them continues to shape who we are becoming. Right. Right. And so I think that's a really interesting idea how much losses, particularly those that are closest to us continue to shape us and change us. It's not just um, like someone took a candy bar away from me as a kid, right? right? right. And I just don't get the candy bar, right? right? It's, it's deep, deep losses that aren't just, oh, when I was six, I have this vague memory of losses, but it's a continuing shaping right. of I am now Karen who doesn't have, who has this family minus one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's interesting the way you talked about 
there just a few minutes ago, the, lo- the experience of the loss of your sister when you were six is that you don't have as many memories, obviously because you were six, of her. The primary is in the loss of her. Correct. You know, and I would say that my first family death was my grandpa, and I would have been five or six at the time. And I had similar things. Like I can look at pictures, mm-hmm. and they like they seem very real, and mm-hmm. and um, can I can think to myself, yes, I I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the picture says I was, um, but I can almost sense that experience. But it, there's really not a lot of memories like that. It's mostly the actual wake right. and the funeral and those moments that are the most memorable to me of obviously very early child, young child and losing at a young age. So, but I think it's just interesting to note how these losses continue to shape who you are and who we all are. And I think that's, and to what you've kind of shared in your email and you've already referred to is the way Christ is present in that. And to Gerald's sermon, I think it was his first sermon on joy where he talked about, he said something along the lines I was taking notes to. Yeah, I did. I notes. <laughs> Karen's got her sermon yeah. notes here with us. I should go get mine, I guess. Um, but uh, he said something, and I wrote this down, uh, the idea that I thought he was kind of thinking for us as listening as sermon listeners. He was saying, I thought you were going to talk to me about joy, but all you are talking about is Jesus. And he's like, yes. And he's like, yes, that's the point. Exactly. Um, And that was really a powerful, you know, idea for me there. And so that in these losses, um, while we would never, we would almost always have the gift back. Right. Right. We would never just do it over again and say, yeah, let's go ahead and lose that at that point. But um, there is in the loss where Christ can be so powerfully present to us. Exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives you the hope and the strength to go on. Yeah. And um, and I, I, you know, I'm so extremely thankful for that to be able to, to completely rely on Him, mm-hmm. to get me through the, the yeah. different losses. Yeah. And um, you know, very difficult, but He pulls me through. And and I, you know, it was interesting because um, I'm in a there's three of us from, from Calvary that um, uh, we meet, um, we've met together for six, seven years, um, mm-hmm. Marilyn Crampton and yeah. Millie, Millie Benson and myself. And um, um, even through COVID, we've been doing conference calls. And um, a couple weeks ago, she, we, I, I was sharing our favorite hymns and I was saying Rock of Ages is my mm-hmm. favorite hymn. Mm-hmm. And, the next, like two days later, we sang it <laughs> yeah. in church. But um, that song, that hymn always sings to me. I mean, just is powerful. Mm. So, um, you know, God gives us the strength to, to go on. Yeah. yeah. It's neat to see how God can give us callbacks to moments of faithfulness through right. songs or words or mm-hmm. even like symbols that triggers memories. I think as I'm listening to your story, I'm thinking about like the matrix of memories in a complex human, right? It's like um, a completely different loss can remind you to an earlier version of yourself experiencing something you didn't understand. But that's what you're saying. It's like you understand it differently at a later version and different circumstances. And it's just like humans are so complex. I, 
it's it's beautiful and like mysterious mm-hmm. yeah i think it's so important for us and this is another thought i'm just processing in this conversation just how important it is for us to recognize how loss has shaped us you know i mm-hmm. think we typically just want to kind of get over it or we say okay no we don't want to be the kind of people that just tell people to get over it so we're going to really let them grieve it which is good but then you got to get in through the grieving you have to find an identity and and recognize how it's like changing you and shaping you um i think that's an important process in loss is understanding how it's shaping you and you can you can process that like i don't like this the way this has changed me Mm -hmm. or it can be man, this has really whether like bolstered my faith or has made me appreciate things I didn't appreciate. Um, and again, you never go back. You know, when loss changes you for the good, it's an impossible scenario to say, would you do the loss over again then? Because you'd always say no, right? 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 But then it is powerful how God will meet us and work in us and be present with us in the loss. Um, and so I think it's just a really helpful thing for me to process as, as you're kind of pushing me to think through this, Karen, and your own story is how loss shapes us. Because I can't read through this. And even just the way you wrote it to me, you listed it so clearly, and then you, did so, you said a few other things. Um, but the listing of it, like can you, if I can, vis- I'm like looking at it on my iPad, and just like looking at it, it's hard to not, think of like man that is deeply impactful on someone Mm -hmm. to have all these losses you know and significant losses and so it shaped you it changed you and yet you've seen and i think you would say um tragically in good ways you know there's blessings that yeah right and even now i mean with the death of my marriage how God has used that too, because you know, mm. 25 years later, mm. my husband is now living in Oak Park, mm. and came, you know, four years ago, and is in Oak Park Arms. And I've been given the opportunity of of um, um, stopping in and talking with him, mm. and so that's even wow. I mean, how God has used that too. Mm. Um, gives me the opportunity for my grandsons. I can, you know, every two weeks I have them write a letter to them wow. and mail it to them. I just see God working in that too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, is, that is amazing to see how God has brought. I mean, I didn't realize that you now have been, uh, you were been without him longer now than you were with him. Correct, yeah. and, and, and he had remarried, and... Um, is you know apparently now divorced and um um you know he's um he, he, my son brought him here mm. and he came here because he was he needed help oh, wow. and so um so now you know my son had and my son has been just wonderful to, and wow. helpful to him and and um and i've you know I've, I've talked with him and 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 have visited him yeah so um you know he's has some health problems, but um, um, uh, it was difficult in the beginning. But that's it's worked out okay, and wow. and um, yeah. it gives me an opportunity of things that he left 
you know, that I was able to take back to him, yeah. you know, um, like his Bible. And so, and so I'm hoping that there will be some opportunity for me to wow. to um, spend some time with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. One of the things kind of as we kind of come to a close here a little bit is just um, I'm eager to hear your, your a number of people we've talked to are on their like, you know, 20s or or whatever and they're like processing loss um and you're standing in a different position you know looking back in the years and processing loss and so i just wonder um and you you wrote some stuff here um in the email to me i just wonder like if you were you know kind of sitting with yeah a 20 year old who had just lost their mom you know or a 26 you were 27 when you lost your sister um and they just said to you, how did you, how'd you do it? What would you say to that person? How did I do it? <laughs> I just go back to God. I mean, mm. I, I, I just, you know, I, I bury a lot. I know that. Mm. Um, I mean, Pastor Gerald brought that <laughs> up. I, I do. I, I bury a lot, and I can. He's making us all feel bad about that. And you know, I have the strength. I just feel that um, God gives me the strength to move on. Mm. Um, um, how do I? My heart just breaks for anybody that has to go through something. Mm. I, you know, you just wish you could help mm. and. Um, I don't know. I'm not being very helpful. Yeah, right now. no, I, that is super <laughs> helpful. I th both you and John have like a respect for the fact that um, there's a distance between the hurting and those mm -hmm. who want to help. I think, and that was interesting to me, John Veneer yeah. in the last episode, um, because he didn't have specific words either. He just has like kind of a knowing glance across the room, metaphorically, yeah. and then like a a respect for the distance. Like I, I've I, I know what it's like to feel the deep grief and to feel alone in it. And I don't want to give you the illusion that I know what I'm paraphrasing, but like that I know what that exact space is in that is like, but I want you to know that I see you kind of feeling. Um, and I, I don't know. I correct me if I'm wrong. I hear the same similar thing is like, I've made it through and it's dark and it's hard and I don't have words, but I know that you can with the presence of our savior that weeps Correct. with us. Correct. I see you um, have a couple of verses in front of you. Is there any? Well, I just like, it, yeah, I mean, there's, I, I like Zephaniah 317, you know, where, you know, you know, God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. I mean, I hang mm. on to that. That's hanging in my my bathroom, mm. and you know, and also um, um, Lamentations, you know, three, and um, um, that I hope in Him, and um, He brings that. You know, He helps you to bring to get through things, and I just I also, you know, when you read about other people's stories, and hear what other people have been through. Um, you know, maybe not here in in the United States, or but you you know in other countries. Um, 
and you compare and you think, my goodness, how do they get through? Mm. I mean, it just, when you compare what you've been through and what others have been through, there's just no comparison. Mm. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but sure. it, it just, um, that we can get through this, mm. we can, you know, survive. Yeah. And we keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's an appropriate um, ability to look at believers throughout the world that endure, you know, and to to see their endurance and be, I, I mean, maybe this may sound, maybe it's in, inspired is the wrong word, but I, I think we can be inspired by our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who have endured much, you know. It doesn't make our losses easier, um, but I do think that there can be a sense of, like, this person has gone through it and it can inspire us to just keep moving forward. It's not, it doesn't take anything away, you know, it doesn't make anything necessarily easier, but um, yeah, I, th I think there's an appropriate place for that to be inspired in dark times by people mm -hmm. who have also experienced dark times, mm -hmm. you know? I was talking to a mom who is in grief uh, because of a miscarriage so obviously different elements but like a similar grief of like losing um who was and like a, a future that she was imagining and um she kind of referenced the like i now join in a long line of women who know this same pain mm -hmm. and it was interesting to hear that and like really like it resonated and i totally understand she's like feels soulless of knowing there's a whole club that no one wants to be in, like a whole right. storyline um, throughout even generations that can share that same mm -hmm. bitter pain um, and find the beauty mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Karen, thank you so much, you know, for being willing to join us this morning and, and share a little about your life and your journey. And one of the gifts, I think, and why I keep wanting to do these podcasts is simply we've heard from so many people how they've, or even from you, honestly, actually, of how other people's stories have encouraged you. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt that you know, those who are listening into this also will be walk away very encouraged um, and humbled to be able to be in this kind of church family that's willing to share and talk about the the losses, but God's faithfulness in it. Um, I was going to close with one of the verses that you, uh, two of the verses uh, you shared, and I was just going to read, and I quote Karen Washburn, <laughs> <laughs> through my losses, God has been my strength. God's promise of strength for the weary in Isaiah 40, 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They should run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. So the only way one can endure the hardships and circumstances of life, Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Absolutely. Just thoughts, just sharing. <laughs> That's how you, <laughs> how you had it. Unquote uh, Karen Washburn. <laughs>